What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is November 12th. Episode number 11 now. Moving quick through these podcasts. Starting with our sports rundown, we got a crazy weekend uh, going into our wing review, go to the week, and Loris trivia questions. That sports rundown, football won 38-20 over Simpson College. Wrestling won 51-6 over BVU. Our men's basketball team started the season off with a win with a 108-85 victory over Concordia of Chicago. And our women's basketball team won 94-59 over Elmhurst. So those winter sports are getting off to a hot start. Football getting to that fifth win on the season. Dewhawks, check out the rest of those schedules on Dewhawks.com. Dang, women's basketball almost putting up 100 points there. That's impressive. Yeah. All right, let's dive into our wing review. So this week we went to Dubuque Mining Company, uh, and it was uh, it was an interesting – it was interesting. All right, I'll just say it like that. So before we go into our scores uh, – Let's talk about it. Let, yeah, let's talk about it. I get there, and I'm looking for the wings, can't find it <laughs> on the menu, and then I look, and it's like one tiny little option. We get one option, one version of wings, uh, and you can only order 10 of them. So we ordered 20. Uh, as a table, there were six of us this time, and uh, and I was equally as disappointed as I thought I would be. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know who said it best. It might have been Dexter. It might have been the best Tyson wing I've ever had. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he did yep. say that. So I mean, like, it wasn't like an average Tyson wing, but I mean, like, it does kind of look like they threw Tyson wings in a fryer, and we're like, all right, here you go. Yeah, it to me it screamed laziness, and I'm not trying to call them out or anything, but it just seemed to me like it was frozen wings that they just put into they just heated up and threw sauce on. It was the same type of thing that KFC did, where they just <laughs> sprinkled the sauce on top of the wing. I turned, I literally to check, turned the wing over, and there was no sauce on one side and a sprinkle on the other. So I was getting a completely, I would get a bite full of sauce and a bite of no sauce. Uh, just, just didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. I took a bite and it was like 90% breading. Uh, and, uh, to me, like the meat did kind of fall off the bone. So that's why it kind of was maybe originally kind of up there. Um, the flavor wasn't terrible. It was just standard mayo sauce. But again, everything was just like average, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why I gave it an average score. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. I even gave it a little below average just because of like, I'm with you, kind of like the laziness that kind of went into it. I must have been in a really good mood at lunch or something. I don't know. But looking back, now that I realize, I just really think I didn't like them as much you were as hungry. I should have. You I, were maybe that's what it. Because I don't There think was a I, lot of breading. I'm surprised that there you was, gave That's what I'm saying. It. I, I probably would have rated these like negative. Like you like could, it was literally like, like there yeah. was a, honestly, the crunch was, was unreal. Like, honestly, was there was a couple crunchy. bites that was just breading that yeah. I got. Yeah, and it had—I mean, it had good meat in there, but yeah. like it was just, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't like it. So scores. Um, I <laughs> actually don't have them in front of me right now. My producer was supposed to give them. To yeah, me. that's my bad. I'll read off the scores here. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, Nick with a four point six, Cole five point seven, Trent or myself five point five. 
O'Brien Nugent, 6.2. Dexter Bass, 5.0. Rookie score. And Luke <laughs> Paterosi, 6.9, with an average of a 5.65. That does put it second to last. It puts second it to second to last. Just above KFC. And to be honest... Yeah, above KFC. KFC was a 4.78. I mean, I think that's probably a good... like. I think it's. I mean, I, I think, think it's it a good falls spot. Yeah. in a good spot. I mean, was they, it that much worse than? I think they don't B dubs of a six seven six. I don't know. Yes, what yes, you think? significantly worse in my opinion. Okay, but I well, here's the thing. Yeah, it, I mean, just flavor wise, like yeah. the amount of different sauces you can get, like, and I'm not. That's the thing though, is that like we're going to these places. This place might not be known for their wings. Clearly, probably yeah, not. I mean, I was I just about to say that. that. Yeah. yeah, I think so, they didn't care about their wings. <clears throat> right. really. it's just like kind of side option. Yeah, it's an appetizer really... that you. Can that's get. what. Yeah. yeah, and that's what. When I was looking back, we were talking about this at lunch. Like when I look at back at scores, if you, if you give an under a five zero, you wouldn't. Purchase I would them. never get them again. Yep. If there was like a five zero to a six zero. You wouldn't get it as would, a meal. I wouldn't get them as a meal. I would maybe buy them, but if somebody else would buy them, I'd probably eat some. Mm-hmm. Anything above a six is like, all right, I would go to that place and, and order, order them wings. Yeah. And you either get wings or something else, but you probably yeah. get wings. But like, I mean, and th- which this ended up falling uh, in that category because I would, I would get them again because I have gotten them in the past, mm. but I would never go to that place and be like, I really want these wings. You wouldn't recommend them to a friend. Like yeah. If somebody's yeah. yeah. If someone's like, hey, what do you? Can I have some good wings in Dubuque? I would not send them there. Yeah. No. And if they said, uh, hey, I'm gonna go uh, order the wings at. Uh, Dubuque Mining Company, I'd be like, ah, don't do that. Don't do that. That's as far as I would go. <laughs> so I would say, you're, you were on the negative. I mean, I agree. I would tell them to get something else. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they have a long list of burgers that you can get. Yeah. I'm sure that there's some of the crazy burgers that they have there that I would definitely probably recommend over. Even the pork tenderloin. I think it was massive. Yeah, that thing's huge. <laughs> I would say these wings would be uh, like if KFC and <laughs> the pub had a baby. <laughs> this would be that's that very way. true because I didn't think the pubs were that good, but you guys <laughs> all love the, the pubs. They, so. Take yeah. the pubs breading and KFC's horribly Everything prepared. Else. Yeah, exactly. It, that is very true, though. Very. <laughs> they true. were the yeah. There was like a K, like if you combine the pub and KFC and the so, effort. Yeah, of yeah. KFC. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at the scores overall too, I it think it's of, probably yeah, kind of makes that sense. probably like makes sense potentially. All right. So yeah, I guess go there, try it yourself. Let us know. Maybe uh, not. Nick, Nick, I'm surprised <laughs> you actually said that. Normally, I mean, you would say, yes, you should go there. but Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if you're willing to try. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that brings us to our uh, next section, which would be go to the week. So we got draw from the hat this week. All right, we're doing UFC. All right, here we go. So this is this is one that's really actually hard to debate and actually is debated all the time. Uh, typically, there is like a a well known goat in the sport between one or two people that we've been covering so far. Um, but this is one where you could choose between a lot because MMA is such a crazy sport where it's like you don't really know what the best technique is because it's mixed martial arts. So there's like there's people that are really good at wrestling. There's people that are really good at jujitsu. There's people that are really good at boxing, and the, those that can combine everything. Like styles make such the styles make the matchups so much that it's hard to predict the outcome. For example, like even some of the goats, they have a few losses in there, just because of mistakes that they've made against higher quality opponents. Um, except for my goat of the week is going to be John Jones, who's never actually lost. He has two. 
No, he he only lost one time, and his loss was a disqualification because of an illegal elbow. Um, but he's never actually lost a competition. Right. But how many losses have gotten taken back because he's failed a drug test? He's lost. He literally has failed two drug tests that are on banned substances. But he won those fights, though. Right. But he also was on a banned substance. Correct. But the banned substance was a party drug. It wasn't because of steroids. Which could be also known to help that drug, in particular, help to lose weight. I mean, I, I guess, but it definitely wasn't. He's he's talked about it, and he just was a partier. Like, he'd party hard. And that's why I think he's the even more of a goat. He'd go out and party and on, like, two hours of sleep or even less, go and fight and, and win in a very competitive weight class. Um, like, some of his fights... It, it weren't but even his close. also his weight class is a little bit of a heavier weight class, which would allow him to get away with some of the conditioning side. That if he was in a lower weight class, there would have been more conditioned, which meaning that his partying side wouldn't have been able to keep up. Maybe, as much. maybe it's hard to say. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to doubt him. He's definitely yeah. he's definitely one of the best ones up there. Although, hold on quickly before you say what you're gonna say. Uh, shout out to T.J. Miller, our wrestling coach, said that he actually beat. John Jones in a wrestling match uh, in college, uh, and granted, luckily there's much more to MMA than just wrestling. But uh, shout out to TJ for that. And my goat, I'm gonna actually throw two names out there. One that mm. I think is the goat now, and then one that I think is gonna be the actual goat when it's all said and done. Okay. Goat now, Saint Pierre. Uh, he's 26 and two. Uh, when he was current, when he was actually in his prime, uh, he yes, he does have two losses. Uh, but that was early in his career. Uh, that was in 2007 when he was actually in his prime. It was more of the 2010, uh, 11, 12, and 13 era. And he was actually MMA Fighter of the Year in 12 and 13. Yeah, I mean, if I were to pick an, uh, a second goat to John Jones, I would say probably George St. Pierre. But again, it's so hard to not go with John Jones just with the fact that he hasn't lost. And it, it, that's what's kind of tough, though, is like when you kind of do like this different um, side of different things and, and, and them not ever fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those two would have been a great fight because they could have potentially been in the same weight class. Right. Um, but they just missed primes. Yeah. Uh, with John Jones being just after uh, Pierre's. There was talk of them setting up a fight when George St. Pierre was going to make a comeback, uh, but it just never happened. Yeah, probably because. Jones couldn't stay <laughs> Maybe. eligible Maybe. with his drug testing. Yeah. Uh, and okay, so the name that I think is going to, when it's all said and done, be the GOAT is going to be Khabib. Yeah. He's 28 0, yeah. hasn't lost a professional fight. Uh, he made Conor McGregor look like a fool. He's made everybody that, he, this last one that he just fought, he made him look like a fool. Um, he's fighting, what would you say, Ferguson? Yeah, he's fighting up. Tony Ferguson coming up, which is going to be an amazing fight to watch because Tony Ferguson is a jiu-jitsu master. He's also on a really long win streak. He's gotten a lot better recently. He's, his ground game is amazing. He studies under Eddie Bravo. Uh, he's a black belt. Uh, so Khabib's best part of his game is his ground game. Right, but he's so. got a very, very odd style of wrestling and it will be very interesting to see if it can be neutralized with uh some no-gi jujitsu right so i mean i think this is a good test yeah. because like if it's another ground guy that cannot beat khabib mm-hmm. then yeah i, I think how, of anybody how you're that, gonna beat him yeah anybody that has a chance it's gonna be uh ferguson so if and khabib I'll be in, dominates this and i'll be interested to see if khabib if he'll i think he'll obviously have something in his back pocket like if his groundwork gets kind of neutralized 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if it goes to like kind of more of a a stand up fight. But man, if he does, if he just embarrasses Ferguson on the ground, I mean, like, I don't know who else would able to possibly be able to beat it's him. It's very on the true. Although, I will say this, and this is kind of what I was saying earlier, is like you can only be so dominant for so long in MMA until p- people figure out your style, and then they can study it and attack your weaknesses. And that's kind of what happened with McGregor. And granted, McGregor, kind of the fame got to his head, but. He was such. A, he was very good at the stand up. Like his boxing was clearly his strength, and he was somewhat weak on the ground as far as wrestling goes. So people were starting to figure that out, and that's why he really looked like a fool against Khabib because Khabib is just an amazing wrestler and was able to just completely dominate right, but, the ground. Against and that's them. why I also think that Khabib's going to be the goat because I don't think he's going to be just sticking to the ground game. I think. Well, that that's if the key. He, I think that yeah. if he does embarrass Ferguson. And that's incredible that nobody will be able to beat him because he can obviously almost clearly beat anybody in his weight class on the ground. But if he does get stopped and then does have something else to go to, then I think he like I think that he's smart enough to not to just like focus on the, on the ground. Yeah, and I, I, we'll see. I guess that's the that's what I'm saying. So like, if he can compl- have more than just the ground game, um, then he really could be amazing. That's why this fight will determine a lot for him. I think because uh, I really don't. I can't think of anybody else that could beat him besides Ferguson. Um, at least that's currently fighting. Uh, when is that fight? I don't know. It's got to be coming up. I think it might be in December. <laughs> Let's get the producer on it. Um, but again, there's so many people to also, choose from. Also, DC, if he wouldn't have lost this last fight, mm-hmm. he definitely could have been in the conversation as well. Yeah, DC's only losses were to John Jones before that. And again, John Jones was disqualified from <laughs> those fights afterwards because he test positive um, for banned substances. But then DC lost to... Mio Stipe. Um, so, again, that kind of... But, again, that's only one loss, and they might have a rematch. I don't know. He, DC might say he's retired nowadays. Um, but, yeah, you can you can look at a lot in the UFC history and, and debate a lot of guys. I mean, Jose Aldo was undefeated for, like, 10 years, and then he lost to McGregor, and then it was kind of downhill for him. March 4th. March 4th. Man, that's so far away. I know. I was hoping it'd be sooner. Did they delay it? Uh, well, they were in contract negotiations, and then it finally did get confirmed. Oh, okay. okay. And I think they kind of want to see some of the other like weight classes kind of pan out, or that weight class pan out, mm-hmm. because McGregor fights in January. Mm. Uh, and then I think they kind of want to see what happens with the BMF. Mm. If McGregor does win, I bet you that McGregor's going to fight. Uh, Masvidal. Yeah, Masvidal. And then who knows? Um, so it'll kind of be, I mean, it's probably good timing. All yeah. that madness is going to go down and then we're going to get to March and then we're going to have that fight to something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that wraps it up for go to the week. I'm sure you have your own opinion on it. Uh, it's a highly debated topic in the world of, uh, MMA. So again, tweet at us with your opinion or talk about it in person. All right. That brings us to our lore's trivia for this week. Do we have anything? All ready? right. I got one question for you, and oh, I feel like dear. <clears throat> I feel like this has been more of like a Jim Collins trivia than, than a Loris <laughs> trivia because yeah. I have another Jim Collins trivia question. What was the first job that President Jim Collins held at Loris College? All right, so it's going to be oh, what O'Brien Nugent's job. job is, which is uh, the director of alumni development. Annual no. giving. No, he has held that position. But that wasn't his first job. Is that the correct so title? It, Did I say that correctly? Director of annual giving. Oh, 
Okay. Right. So I was correct. Yeah, Cole was right. I mean, that's still not the right answer. Right. So did he have, like, I'm trying to think. He probably had a job when he was here on campus. Is that what you're going to say? Well, no. His first job. Post-graduation. Post-graduation. The first job. And it didn't have to do with Loris. Well, no, no. His first job at Loris. Oh, okay. Okay. He left. He graduated, left for like a couple months, six Mm -hmm. months, I think it was, and then has been here ever since. Mm. So So before the annual annual giving. Yeah. That was his second job. I'm going to say. I don't know if it was second, but it wasn't in the line, yeah. I'm going to say an admission counselor. You're right. Admissions representative. First, First job. Talk oh, about he must have done a great long job. way Work, to the top. Working your way up. He must I mean, have pulled is, in a lot of people. That's the grind right there. I mean, that, honestly, though, if that doesn't scream good president, somebody yeah, that seriously. did a great job of bringing in students and then bringing in money. I mean, yeah. yeah he impressive. knows. I mean, yeah, he's clearly qualified. He's been yeah. in a bunch of different departments on campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, all we had. But if you have any more trivia questions about Loris, you can shoot us a tweet uh, at TuesdaysWNC on Twitter. All right, that brings us to our final section here with questions from the fans. Questions from the fans. All right, so this first one may be a little goofy. <laughs> I'm going to read this exactly how it's typed out here. Say there's like a whole box of Teddy Grahams in a room all by themselves. Say that I left them there and told you not to eat any until I got back. How long does it take you to disobey my wishes and you eat the Teddy Grahams? As soon as you walk out the door. <laughs> That's such a weird question. First of all, why Teddy Grahams? That's the most random I know, snack I of it's all time. If it's, if like it's 20 the, years ago. If it's the only oh. food that you have in there and I'm hungry, I'm probably going to eat them as soon as you walk out. Is the box open? I wonder. That's you know true. I mean? If it's mm-hmm. literally like sealed and yeah, no, that's a different. I'm probably not going to take it. <laughs> if it's a sealed, <laughs> I'm box, not going to open the box. <laughs> I right. would probably not open it. But if it's an opened box, and it also depends on how you say it. Like if you're like seriously, don't touch this, then I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but if it were like, hey, just don't eh. touch my Teddy Grahams. <laughs> yeah, or it was like, <laughs> like yeah, it really just depends on the tone. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing I'm, your tone, I'm probably gonna eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I would probably eat them too. It depends. Yeah, I would feel bad, and I'd probably like buy you another <laughs> box of Teddy Grahams because I've done that before. Sorry, Job. Um, <laughs> oh, not Teddy Grahams though. Pizza uh, rolls. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, your favorite fall activity? Ooh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, hmm. Go ahead. I don't even know what so, my favorite fall activity would be. I mean, I don't necessarily know about favorite activity, oh, but I'll tell you what. My favorite food come fall, I am a huge chili fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I try to go to different places and get chili. Like, today, they didn't have chili. I was looking for chili for lunch. Um, I mean, I've probably had chili from six, seven different places already. Um, I'm just like, When it comes to fall time and when that, like, temperature chart, like, starts to shift, big chili guy. I would say probably tailgating for football. Yeah. I love tailgating. I, I, at least two or three times a year I have to tailgate for a big football game. This year I went and did Northwestern Michigan State, homecoming here, tailgated. Um, that might be it for this year, but I love tailgating. It's such mm-hmm. a fun time. I, I mean, yeah, you can't beat fall-time football, though, either. Mm-hmm. I mean, fall football is great. Like, yeah. if you combine fall football, chili, and, like, for me, like, a bonfire. Mm. Ooh, yeah. bonfire. I don't think any – like, if you did all so that on a here. Saturday, there. I mean, you can't have a better fall day. That's so true. Like, it's perfect. We actually never stuff. did that, though. We I had know. bonfires over but the But it summer. got so cold, though. Yeah. I feel like it, it was, like – And we'll skip fall. 
It was like fall for like a week and a half, I feel like. Yeah. And then it just like went to 40 degrees. All right. Next question. We got two more. What was your most um, successful sports team uh, that you've been a part of? And w- maybe why was it so successful? Uh, for me, my most successful sports team that I was on was my high school swim team. We won the Michigan State meet. Um, for the first time in school history, oh well, actually, first time since 1967. So for a long time, um, and we just did it with depth. So we had multiple scores in every event, and uh, it was fun. I think uh, really what brought it together was everyone was on board for that to be our goal. Going into the year, I was crunching numbers, and I was a senior on the team. I was like. You know, I think we could actually win the state meet this year. And some people at first were like, "Wait, wow, really?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I think we can. I think we can do this." So is that is as, that the year that you told the one kid that if you don't score a point for me at the state tournament, you're worthless? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my! I goodness. didn't say that. I didn't say that. What I said was, and again, in retrospect, this was very harsh. But I was a senior <laughs> in high school, and I really wanted. to So win you weren't a coach. Title. You were a, an athlete. Yeah, I was an athlete. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's acceptable. And, I thought uh, you were a coach. <laughs> no, no, no. He was stuff. a coach. He was no, a teammate. No, no. And he, so he was a freshman on the team. He's very talented. Uh, but he was borderline like going to score at the state meet. And I basically told him, I was like, look, if you don't score at the state meet, then you're as valuable to me as Giovanni. And <laughs> Giovanni was a swimmer on the team that was like very novice. Um, so <laughs> pretty, pretty brutal, but, yeah, that's, um, ouch. Harsh sen- senior leader there. Yeah. Got the job done. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean if, he, if he scored, then yeah. He won the state title. Yeah. I guess it works. Hey, and four years later, he's a team record holder, All-American. There you go. You um, started that. Just <laughs> yeah, I started the fire. <laughs> you started hopefully. him. And I'm still, I'm still good friends with him to this day. So, <laughs> well, um, that's good at least. But yeah, so <laughs> it was, it was successful because as soon as I started to build the momentum of like, Hey, we can actually do this. Everybody on the team bought in and that was our goal from like one weekend and we trained super hard and we were all on point, all holding ourselves accountable. Kind of like we talked about in a different podcasts where you're going to hold yourself, your teammates accountable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the same kind of, so same premise. Um, each one of the teams uh, that I were to look back at, um, one would be my uh, kind of like grade school summer baseball team that made it to the Pony World Series. <laughs> my high school team that won two state championships and then my college team that was ranked top 25 in the country and was a couple strokes away from making it to the national tournament. Every single one of those teams had that same vibe. We were all bought in. We all had it, team chemistry. Um, you, honestly, mm-hmm. it comes down to that. Uh, kind of like your same story. Uh, I mean, I knew what m- my teammates had for lunch. I knew what they had for dinner. I mean, I knew everything about my teammates. I knew what they liked. I knew what they didn't like. I knew what, when they were in a bad mood. I knew when they were in a good mood. I knew when they were going to have a good round. I knew when I had to pick up, and my teammates knew when they had to pick me up. Um, they knew when I didn't want to be at practice, and they made me be at practice, do the things I needed to be. But that's what it took. I mean, and it was being able to hold your teammates accountable, mm-hmm. to be able to have that relationship with those teammates. But honestly, I mean, I've been, been a part of some like good teams, and I've been a part of some bad teams. And, I mean, there's a clear difference in the relationship that I had with those teammates on the good teams and relationship with the the teams that were bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm still best friends with a lot of my teammates that were on that team. So it really goes to show you yeah, that the team bonding really makes a big difference. That's like, yeah, that's like me too. I mean, the first thing that came to mind when I thought of this question um, was my high school senior team. Uh, we made it to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years. Um, my high school was not big on – 
we weren't a big football school, um, but we were we had twenty five hundred kids, so we were in like Division Eight A, which is the biggest you could get in high school mm-hmm. Illinois high school football. Um, we went. We ended the season six and four. We lost our playoff game, but we were six and three going into playoffs. Um, and it was again, it was the senior leaders um, that we all kind of bought in. Um, I mean, we were obviously extremely talented, um, which helped. But again, the accountability that we had on each other, um, the relationships we had. I mean, we're still friends today. Um, and again, the it was the relationships with the coaches too. I mean, our coaches were great, and probably they were probably my favorite coaches I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually friends with my coaches now too. So, um, it's all about relationships and that kind of senior leadership. So another thing that like you kind of, another common goal that, or a common factor that you've seen in all of these conversations and pointers is having that goal. Like every single time that you set and you guys said, Hey, like you had an accountability, it's because you had a goal and where you set on like, had this, how many wins we're going to get, we're making it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You guys, Hey, we're going to win a state title. This is what we have to do. Hey, this is what we're gonna have to do to win a state title or make it to nationals. Like, there's certain things that you have a goal and you have that. If you don't have that goal, or you, I mean, you're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. It's not just gonna one day just okay. I decided to play good golf today. If you're not working your butt off, if you're not doing the things, and you don't have that goal that set at the beginning of the year, then that's not gonna happen in the end. I mean, our our junior year, we broke a 27 game losing streak. <laughs> oh man. So I mean, yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, we started from nothing and. Wow. I mean, you're right. We had that mentality of we want to make the playoffs. I mean, we hadn't won a game, and we were like, we want to make the playoffs, um, which we did in our junior year, but our senior year we did. And it's, I mean, it just shows how much it doesn't happen in one season, and it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll tell you what. It's okay to have scary goals, crazy goals. Um, let people laugh at you. I mean, I've definitely had plenty of goals that people don't think are, think are attainable, um, but it makes it funner. It makes it more fun. Um, I mean, I walked in day one uh, and said, this team has the capability to win conference, and I got some looks, so I'm ready to prove some people wrong that this team can get it done. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes is, he goes, I love it when people tell me uh, it can't be done, because then when I do it, I'm the first one to ever do it. Just love the mentality of that. He's He's no doubt that he's going to do it even though everyone's telling him he can't. And then it feels that much better when he actually does do it. And think about what he's accomplished. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's done everything. Became a movie star from being the best bodybuilder ever, and now he, he became uh, governor of California. <laughs> the guy's unreal. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. Um, I guess it's only for you, too, because I'm not a coach. Uh, what's one aspect of your um, coaching that you want to improve on? Ooh, that is a tricky one. You got any on the top of your head? Uh, I think uh, the answer for me is, like, I'm always trying to find that. Like, I'm constantly trying to become a better coach. Um, So I guess for me, it's like I just continue to do that. I'm always, like, trying to learn from other coaches, trying to learn from from everything, and then evaluating what I could have done differently. Um, so there, it, I guess it's just circumstantial. So it depends. Like I go back and like, all right, what could I have done differently at that meet? Or what could I have done differently at this meet? Nothing can come to my head right now as specifics, but there's always stuff I'm trying to work on. I agree. And then sometimes that I kind of find myself like personally kind of almost wanting it a little bit more than like my athletes want. Like if I'm as a coach want it to happen more than my athletes want it to happen, then it's, mm. that's not mm-hmm. going to happen. So like if, 
I want us to win these tournaments and I want us to play well and I set the expectations too high or I set my expectations for the athletes at practice and like I, I'm pushing them too hard because I, even though I know that they can do it, then that's what's going to hinder us actually getting to how high we could be. Um, so it's, it's kind of toning back some of my emotional side of things and like understanding how like I need to push them and honestly learning different routes and different avenues on how to actually motivate the guys uh, is what I constantly learn. And that's why I'm constantly talking to different coaches again, like Nick. Um, I think the biggest thing that you can do as a young, good coach is learn. Um, when you're at different events, when you go to different events, learn. And that's what I kind of told my kids that we're going to go to different uh, tournaments this spring. We're going to play in a tournament down in Texas that has four of the top 25 teams in the country. We're going to Wesleyan, who's number one team in the country. Don't just go there and be scared. Go there, learn. Like if you have a bad round, don't like learn something from the people you're playing with. We're going to be playing with good competition. There's something you can learn every single time that you're at a golf course. So, I mean, obviously, A, play good golf and let's beat some good teams. And then B, if you're not playing a good golf, learn something from them and what do they do that are, that's better than you. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, one of the big things too is like in in team sports in general, but like I love playing those teams that are better than us. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. you learn stuff. I mean, even going back and watching film, like, oh, this offensive lineman did this. Like, I should try that. Or, I mean, that's just, it's just the little things, but you could always learn from your coaches and you could always learn from your opposing players as well. And then mine's also kind of, I, I kind of hold myself a little bit higher standard on not being one dimensional uh, to the golf game. Um, But honestly, broadening like my horizon on different technique skills and like swing techniques on actually being able to actually find the exact reason in this golf swing. Um, like I know the golf swing well enough and dangerous enough to like be and get kids to where they need to be. Uh, but still finding different avenues and different techniques that can help the kids is mm-hmm. always what I'm trying to learn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's all the questions we had for today. Um, don't forget, you can always shoot us a DM or ask us in person. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. That quote of the week, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Mm. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot, actually. So thanks for listening to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. Catch you next week.